Here we go. Hey, I've seen y'all before. Who were all those people a while ago? There was a bunch of them. That's amazing. So happy Mother's Day, y'all. I hope that uh, if you're a mom in here, that uh, you've, your heart has been blessed. And uh, if you haven't called your mom already this morning, I haven't. Um, make sure that you call your mom, right? She worked hard, all right, to, uh, to have you here. All right, so we've picked... Um, a, a passage for you. It's in your bulletin. It's Psalm 78, or at least a portion of Psalm 78. And uh, we just, we thought it'd be good just to have a little bit of a devotional moment here. Uh, we, we really believe that the gospel, the preaching of God's word, um, the declaration of God's word, all those can come through many, many forms. And so um, we will preach and we'll, we'll, we'll spend some time in the scriptures. But what we've seen this morning, the testimonies of the people that we've seen this morning, they really have been a crucial part of God's good news going forward. And so it is not one or the other, it's both. And we need both declarations of God, God's goodness. So that's why we sing, so we can declare to others that we are declaring to the Lord that he's better and, and more gracious than, than, than anybody. That's why we have personal testimony, so that your heart can be encouraged that there are other people that are declaring God's goodness. And that's why we come underneath the authority of God's word here. And, um, and we have it read, and then we'll actually do a, a little bit of preaching here. So if you've got your bulletins or if you've got your scriptures, Psalm 78, um, uh, verse 1 and following goes like this. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known, that our fathers have told us. Verse 4 is kind of where we're going to land this morning. Verse 4 says this. We will not hide them. These are the things. These are your teachings. We will not hide them from, the, from their children, but tell to the coming generations the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He's, he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to our children that the next generation, right, what we are seeing in front of us on stage, that the next generation might know them and even to the children yet unborn and arise and tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And they should not be like their fathers, who are a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose heart was not faithful to God. So we'll go back to verse 4 because that's where we'll spend our morning, but that's the context. That's important. Verse 4 says this, we will not hide them from, from their, uh, we will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. Let me pray for us before we jump in. And so, Jesus, I pray that we will be a mouthpiece for you. That even hearing these words as a parent or as a grandparent or even as a child, reading this passage and saying, I don't know of the Lord's goodness or his glorious deeds or his wonder. And help us to be convicted in that moment today. But help us to also have great hope that Jesus, that many, many thousands of years after that this, these words were penned, we are saying them out loud and we're committing the, our children back to you. And so as we learn a little bit about this passage, help us to do so in a humble way. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. 
All right, moms, I'm talking to you this morning. Not that dads, you can check out, but moms, we're going to talk to you this morning. All right. And verse 4 tells us two things that I'd like just to bring to your attention. All right. Number one is that um, you are carrying a lot of guilt. All right. And we want, you to, we want you to truly be freed of that guilt this morning. We believe that verse 4 helps us in that endeavor. And so we know that as a, as a mom, um, waking up every day and staring at more failures than, than, uh, than successes, we know that, that is, there's a, that's a heavy weight to carry on your shoulders. And so we know that you're, you're carrying guilt. And we want you this morning, number one, we want you to get rid of that guilt. And number two, we want you to find your role. We want you to have a job description. We want you to know with great purpose why God has put you on the planet. And we believe that we see both of these things in, in verse 4. So the first thing, let's, let's, talk, let's dive into guilt a little bit. So guilt um, and, and the guilt of mom. All right, and I just call this mom guilt. All right. Guilt is, is present uh, where there's something that's lacking. All right, so there's something, there's a gap there. And so you feel guilt or you feel guilty when there's something that's lacking. When you feel like you should have done something that you didn't do or you did something that you know that you shouldn't have done. And so guilt is this, this enormous pressure, right, when things are lacking. So many mothers feel that they have not done enough. That is a word that you have not capitalized or all caps or underlined and is a part of your vocabulary as a mom, is that you have done enough. And with that one word, enough, you carry all kinds of shame and all kinds of guilt and all kinds of weight with you from day in and day out. We believe that verse 4 helps us kind of carry some of that burden and get that away. And so this morning, verse 4 tells us that your identity... Right? Your identity has to be found in what he has done, not what you do. Okay? Plain and simple. Your identity as a mom has to be boiled down in what he has done, not what you can do. And so will you ever do enough? The answer is probably not. Are you ever going to be enough? Probably not. But that's not necessarily your job. You have a job. You have a job description. We'll get to that. But actually being enough, being all things, right, to your children is not necessarily there because we have one who is stable, who is not lacking, right, who is enough. And, of course, that is God himself. Look at verse, look at verse 4. We will not hide them from their children, but tell them to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his mights and the wonder, right, and here's the very end of the verse is what? That he has done. God has done great things. We are to be completely satisfied in what he has done. I get, um, I, I kind of giggle these days uh, with commercials, especially the drug commercials, right? And it seems like there's car commercials or, or drug commercials. There must be a lot of money in drugs and cars. Um, so if if you want to make lots of money, I guess go into the research field or, 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 or own a car lot. Um, but those types of things. But at the end of, and you know this, and you've heard this said before, but at the end of all drug commercials, there are these symptoms, right? There's this tagline, and there's this, I, there's this guy who's speaking really, really fast 
past, right? And is telling you, like breezing through all kinds of symptoms that will happen or might happen if you take this drug that will solve this problem. So there's an exchange. I got this thing cured, but I get all kinds of a laundry list full of stuff, right? And so you may have bursitis, right? And I don't even know what bursitis is. Uh, Melissa? Do you know? She knows. Okay, so uh, ask Melissa if you know what bursitis is. Um, but, like, I, I've got, um, I, I don't know, I've got an inflamed tongue or something. Or, like, my glands feel, so, I mean, I don't know. Like, my fingernails won't grow. And so you're like, oh, let's move to the drug, right? But then you end up with, like a, like, a stomach ulcer and, like, all kinds of really, really bad things. And you thought, I just wanted, like, my fingernails to grow faster. But now I've got, I'm in much worse shape, all right? So this is, like... Like what mom guilt feels like is that you look at your children, right? And you're like, man, whew, they're a handful, right? But then like you, you don't stop at the ailment and you just keep on going and you start tacking on all kinds of stuff to just something that's pretty normal to everyday life. And so you can just ask any, any doctor, like if you're, you're feeling symptoms, like don't Google it, right? Like don't Look on the internet to solve your problems. Like, ask me the questions. Don't ask the interwebs. They're, they're liars, right? And so then they'll scare you. And before you know it, you'll all be dead. And so that's what moms do is that I've got a problem. And so then they start turning to all kinds of things and all kinds of places to find their solutions. And really, this is really your stability needs to find, be found in Jesus. This is what he has done. He has done great things for you. And so as a mom feeling this weight and understanding that you feel the weight of the world and uh, after, you know, living with Nicole for, you know, our, we, our oldest is 14 this year. So living with a mom for 14 years and just watching, this is the kind of the reoccurring cycle is that I'll never be enough. Like there's never a mom of the year award right? There's a dusty shelf, right, that I've got to dust, right? But there's no trophy that I can put there, and this weighs on her. Either the things that she's done poorly or the things that she hasn't done. And our culture is not very nice to you guys, you gals. Just not very nice because there's a standard out there, and there's these things that you really have to kind of, there's, there's the, the, the bar continues to raise. So it's not good enough anymore just to feed your family, you have to feed them, like, the best. And it's no longer any good to send your kids to school because now your kids have to excel at school. It's no longer any fun just to send your kids to kind of sports things because now they have to be the best at it. And the list goes on and on and on, whether it's their behavior or their grades or their academics or whether it's their sports acumen it's just it's never ending and so the mom is always looking at her role in trying to do all of these things and it's never enough i pray that verse 4 as you look at how god is steadfast and you understand how good he truly is and what the lord has done for us it really is amazing you look that jesus died in your place that's something that he has done. You can't do that for your children. He has removed the sins from their hearts and their lives. The presence of sin will soon evaporate. No matter how good you are, you cannot do that. But this is what God has done for them and for you. 
God has given this blanket, this understand of grace, this understand of forgiveness, this understanding of reconciliation. And no matter how hard you try, that's something that you can't ultimately give them. That is what God has done. So it's our job just to truly to look at him at what you do. And so over and over and over, you feel like you fail, right? You feel like you aren't enough. It's important for you then at that moment to stop. I think we read it in, in Matthew 6, all right, for you to stop toiling and spinning and looking at the birds of the air and the lilies of the field and understand that if God loves them, how much more does he love you and loves your children and loves your family? And yes, you're a mess. That's what you're supposed to be, right? You're a mess. We're all a mess. That's okay. God is enough. Look at what he has done for us. And real quickly, your job description here. Verse 4 says this, and we will not hide them from their children. Number one, right, be a magician, right? Get the stuff out of hiding. Go, voila, all right, this is your job, right? You will not hide them from their children, but to tell them, tell to the coming generation. Your job is to be an ambassador, to be a spokesman for the people that are coming up underneath you. And you are to tell the coming generation of the glorious deeds of the Lord, and his might, and the wonders that he has done. This is our job description. This is what we are to do, is we are to give credit for things that God has done for us. It is our job to teach, to come alongside this next generation, and to show them the Lord's deeds, and the Lord's power, and the Lord's goodness. For you to point to the sky and say, look at those clouds, or why is the, why is the sky blue? For you to look into an aquarium and say, why do fish wiggle? For you to look at just, uh, you know, our anatomy and say, there is this thing called bursitis, and things are off, and we need to do something about it. You need to look at relationships and say, see how they're broken? Do you understand what would it look like for the entire, all of relationships, all of them, to come together? You know when grandma died, right, and that was a very, very sad, di- sad day? What would it look like if we weren't just sad, but we were also hopeful? And as parents, it is our job to just to point, to stop and to point. And so as a mom, that's your job description, is simply to point back to God's goodness and his might, and his power, and his deeds, and do it over, and over, and over, and over, and over again. They will never tire of hearing the wondrous deeds of what God has done, and you can do that through pointing them to the scriptures, to have, you know, 10, 12, 15, 20, 50, 100 verses that are at your disposal, that you're able to point them back to, back to the gospel, and back, back to goodness. You can walk in nature. You can take, you know, nature hikes. And you can just point to the beauties of creation. But then you can also examine their little hearts and to point them that God has knit them together, that God has a purpose and a plan for their life. That is your job is to bring wonder and awe and power back into their heart. They will not be able to do it themselves. There is a generation of fathers and mothers who were rebellious and stubborn because they kept this to themselves. Mothers, your job description is simply to point, to point back to the Lord and to tell us what he has done. Gloria Furman, and I'll end with this, Gloria Furman says this, that mother is not just a noun, but mother is also a verb. It's also a verb. It's a very active verb. This is what you do, is you mother. And in this passage, your job is to point, is to point back to the Lord.
Now, I know that for some of you, uh, maybe even a lot of you, uh, Mother's Day is not an easy day. Um, this is a day that's filled with, for some of you, filled with grief and filled with pain. And so we've even ex expressed some of that up here that um, for some of our couples, you know, who have been through seasons of infertility, that what they dreaded most were days like Mother's Day. And so we know that some of you in here, when the word mother comes, you look at your mom and you say, thanks, mom. And, but sometimes you look around at you and either, you know, the absence of children through infertility or miscarried carriage or even a stillborn you know that this day is filled with lots of grief and we don't want to just be so happy clappy around here that we forget the fact that this day equals pain for a lot of you in here some of you have had absent moms right where for whatever reason you know this nurturing caring person simply turned her back you know, and just walked away or just wasn't around when she said she was. Some of you have experienced a death of your mom, someone that was very cl close to you this year or maybe in the last two or three years. And so this day is a day where you're reminded of the grief and the pain of like, your mom being gone. And so we just wanted you to know that we understand that today hurts. Scriptures tell us that we are to rejoice with those who rejoice. That's why we have moms on stage holding their babies. We need to rejoice with those who rejoice. We rejoice with Lisa Burton, right? Who just 10 days ago, our newest mom, all right? Is, this is her very first Mother's Day. We should rejoice with Lisa. We should rejoice with those who rejoice. But we also should suffer with those who suffer. And we should suffer inside of a community because that's what we do. We rejoice and we suffer. We do both. And so we understand that today is a bittersweet day. And we get that and we understand that. And we understand that today can hurt more than, than other days. And so your sadness is real. And we don't want you to walk away from that sadness. It's what you do with that sadness that is truly the gospel core. Do you take that yourself or do you give that to Jesus? You see, Jesus was a man of sorrows. He understands your sorrow. He was a man of grief. He understands your grief. He was also a man of reconciliation. And so he entered this grief and he entered this sorrow so to come alongside you, right? To empathize with you in his pain and in his sorrow. Jesus knew pain and he knew loss. And more than anything, anyone else in this world, he knew what it was like to be alone. And so that's why we walk toward this communion table. We walk toward the one who is truly the author and the finisher of our faith, who is the alpha and the omega. This is his job, is to complete us. So the night that Jesus was betrayed, he, he gave us a couple of pictures. First, he took a piece of bread. He says, this is my body given for you. And in a remarkable way, he kind of stood up and he took this piece of, of bread, this, this piece of sustenance, truly kind of a foundation of all society. Like we need, you know, you cannot, you know, live by bread alone. I mean, that tells us how important bread was. And so Jesus says, this is my body given for me. And he took that piece of bread and he broke it. And in a great symbolism for the people around him, 
we knew that something was going on. That the way to life and the way to sustenance and the way to completeness and the way to holiness cannot come through, my, come through ourselves. It has to come through Jesus and what he has done for us. But then the picture gets a little more graphic. He then takes a chalice of wine and, um, and, he's, and the scriptures tell us it, as he was giving away this chalice of wine, he was sharing it with his disciples. He makes this declaration over this chalice. He says, this is the blood of, my, of the new covenant that is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. And so this is something new. What we are partaking of this morning is something new, right? But this is also, we had to see and we had to understand that the blood, his body had to be poured out for us. He literally had to empty himself so that we can be full. And we understood that, uh, that what this table, recog- the recognition of this table more than anything else is the, for the forgiveness of sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us. So the brokenness that belonged to us fell on him. The pouring out, the death that we were supposed to die fell on him so that we could have eternal life. At Redstone Church, we come to this table almost every single week because one, we need to understand the symbolism of the gospel of Jesus, that our life and our sustenance and our nourishment is found in the person and work of Jesus only. Number two, we realize that we don't have an altar here. We're not going to ask one or two people to respond to the altar because we believe that we all are to respond. We are all to have in some way to respond to the fact that Jesus has paid it all for us. And we get the responsibility to thank him individually, all of us. Um, thirdly, we do this inside community. And so if you're new here, you're going to see something that's maybe a little bit differently than you've seen before. Uh, we've got these men scattered around the room. And, but you'll then, you'll take your, your piece of bread and, 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 your, and your little cup. But then you'll start to see little huddles of people. This is our family taking community as family. Our community taking family as, uh, taking communion as family. Um, and so that's what we would like to do now. We would like our family to take communion together. So go ahead and stand. Uh, do know that we have these men stationed in, on all, uh, all the corners of uh, the room. And uh, they are here to serve you. And so as you feel free uh, to take, just know that these stations are open. You can go whenever you, whenever you see fit.